And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. So how are you doing this evening? The coronavirus, the coronavirus is going to come and eat me. It's going to find me in my bed. <laughs> That's like most of the people on the planet right now. Guys, probably due to the 24-7 fear-mongering machine acting like this is the new black plague. Who knows? Maybe it's going to wipe us out. You know what? I don't give a damn because I'm having a son pretty soon and I can't wait. And you know what? As far as that whole coronavirus goes, I mean, look. Came from China. They made it in China. Nothing that they make in China lasts long anyway, right? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, hey, you know, as far as the coronavirus goes, you know what I want with my coronavirus? Lyme disease. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm already, I'm already have the dad jokes going on. I'm all, all pumped up and excited. And aside from the fact that I think this coronavirus thing is a bunch of propaganda to probably sell a bunch of face masks and some kind of new vaccine and, you know, to get people in a perpetual state of fear because they're growing tired of wearing the other bullshit that they're making us be afraid of, international terrorism. That's probably losing its luster. So now they're like, well, we got to come up with something new for people to be afraid of so they don't realize what's going on in this world. So I think the coronavirus is it. And it's, it's coincidentally, this coronavirus is spreading as the financial system is starting to implode. So, oh, it's the coronavirus that, you know, started this, that all that trillions of dollars in debt. All right, so I'm going to put things on a different note. We have an amazing guest this evening. He came from one of our awesome listeners, Mr. Eddie Cruz. Eddie uh, reached out, and he's a cool guy. And I'll tell you, I love talking to uh, listeners because Eddie's like, you have to have this gentleman on your show. He's cool. You're going to connect. And we did show can't say we've had several people on our show that have been direct referrals from audience members so please keep them coming our featured guest is going to teach us some really cool techniques things that we can really do to empower ourselves we're talking about telekinesis stuff mindfulness he's going to teach about energy work he's going to offer a real deep perception about uh, how we grow and evolve let us begin tonight's show and don't worry about that coronavirus look you get it, you're going to go. You're going to go to a different dimension. You don't get it, you get to stick around. We have more fun on Earth. I think it's a bunch of fear. Hell with the fear. Let's have some fun. Here we go. Welcoming to the program is Mr. Michael Monk. He's the founder of Bioluminology. He's also the creator of the Avatar Energy Mastery Institute. Michael is a self-taught energy practitioner and healer began his journey by receiving spontaneous telepathic communications and unexplainable miraculous happenings via prayer to the divine source. And I've said it once, I've said it a billion times, we have the best guests ever on any show. And Michael comes to us from one of our amazing listeners, Mr. Eddie Cruz, who reached out, he's a 
cool, cool guy. I talked to him, and uh, he introduced uh, us to Michael. Learn more about Michael by going to his website at bioluminology.com. Michael, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Pleasure. So, the first thing I want to ask is, what happened when you started praying? You said you were praying to the divine source and these miraculous things started happening. What, what, what exactly was happening? And what exactly do you think you did that, that caused this kind of reaction? Well, I didn't really do much of anything. So I, I grew up Christian, Mormon to be specific, and wasn't really into it and actually insisted on stopping going to church. And I, this would be like I was age 14 in 1988, if I give you an example. This started happening to me in the year 2000, um, actually the winter of 1999. And like I said, it was spontaneous. So I'm watching a movie just a comedy movie and the movie wasn't even related and uh, i i felt like what i would describe now as a crown chakra opening but back then i had nothing to relate it to but a presence uh, through the top of my head that felt divine and the next thing i knew i could hear its its voice as well as feel the presence and i was obviously astonished and as i reached out to see what i was communicating with uh, it opened my inner vision so to speak, like the third eye. And once again, I didn't have this terminology back then. But what I saw was a massive host of light beings that looked human, but they were all connected telepathically as one giant intelligent source. And that's when I realized I was talking to God and the best I could understand it back then. Um, so that's when the, the prayer and stuff started happening was once I had a a direct experience and an introduction. Then I started praying and receiving various uh, miracles and communications. So did you have a visualization of this? You had a visualization of collective humanity all connected? Very much so. Okay. It's, and like, it's like there was a, it was made of a whole bunch of individuals, but the individuals uh, together made a, a giant intelligence that was beyond any of the individuals. I think that's really fascinating and wondering if you look at the your vision and you feel that vision you see collective humanity kind of all together where does collective humanity fit within the rest of consciousness we're talking about the animals we're talking about the non about the objects that we say are called inanimate objects does collective humanity have a place above or below these frequencies, or is it just kind of on the same level? It is all one part of one divine consciousness that is just oscillating and you know, kind of growing or having the illusion of growth. Mm -hmm. Well, all of that being true simultaneously, uh, but some more true than others. So once you start expanding your consciousness beyond the finite and into the infinite, you start to see that there's no such thing as not true, but then there's greater and lesser truth. So anything that can be imagined has a truth to it, even if just because it was imagined. But we experience what I call greater and lesser truth, and that has to do with the density of energy that the creator who thought formed that truth it dwells within um, on, on the mental level. So we have variant abilities to manifest our thoughts into form in greater levels of actuality. So 
So in that sense, humans are very far along on the scale. We're only one density removed from the source or God itself. The really? Point, singularity point from my experience, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I, that's my direct experience. No, no, I'm just, I'm just curious. I, I, others, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I'm, talking, I'm sorry, I'm having, um, I just, I'm just curious about it because I see humanity and, you know, see it being so like a lot of people driven by their animalistic instincts you know people will, will, will commit horrible mm -hmm. things or they'll eat a lot or they'll do whatever they i is that because are we really one step away from the, the divine or are we farther along than other beings I'm talking that... in terms of the energy that sources our reality and our okay. beingness, not in terms of the energy that our mental consciousness is willingly fused to so we are operating in a very animalistic state, most people, uh, except a few that are consciously trying you know, through evolution, through meditation, through discipline to become better people and to become more one with everything. Uh, so I'm talking in terms of the energy that sources physical reality is literally like one density removed from the spark point that sources all the rest of it that even ancient intelligence like extraterrestrial and whatnot exists within. So humans may not um, mentally or in terms of their emotional evolution or their actions and philosophies might not be as far along as other spiritual races, but uh, we're definitely uh, what, what you would call elders in terms of soul mass, what I call soul mass, uh, where our consciousness resides we are made of greater energy per volume than the, these lighter consciousness now in terms of animals and plant life here we are within and without so we're deeper in like like you got to think in terms of energy density and that they're all in overlap right on top of each other so it's like layers of an onion except that the outer layers are within the inner layers even though the inner layers, the closer you get to the core of that onion, the more mass it's made out of, the greater level of compression. So animals are a density lighter than us, and, but at the, on the same token, our consciousness is even lighter than that. But uh, that, that would be our spiritual aspect versus our physical aspect. Hey, thank you. If you look and you observe humanity right now, you look at collective humanity, is there any purpose of it? Is there any genuine purpose of each and every life that is out there? Are we just here to experience? Are we just here to kind of mope around and to be points of attraction for the divine source? Mm -hmm. The divine source can have the you know, realization or fun of kind of rediscovering things for the first time and the illusion of rediscovering things for the first time. I just wonder why, what's the purpose of uh, our existence from your perspective? Sure. Well, I found no greater purpose than the joy of experience. And I view any race of consciousness that's forgotten that as a little bit sick and in, and in need of healing. So as humanity, we've definitely gotten lost at this. So there's no greater purpose than joy. We do embark upon what you would call work in order to obtain achievements so that we can uh, further that joy in, in great moments and great leaps of evolution. So there's been a purpose and a design to the suffering here. But So everybody has what I call 
an immediate and irrevocable purpose, which is the same for everyone, and that's to enjoy existing. Uh, apart from that, we have what I would call a secondary purpose, which would be your life's plan, your mission. How how are you contributing to this spherical, intelligent structure that we're all taking a part in called the Earth, which is about furthering the joy? So you have your life mission within that, but it's important to never forget that if you're not enjoying yourself in the moment, um, you're, you're out of alignment with the primary purpose. If you are not enjoying yourself, I'm just curious, what does that imply? I mean, what it is, I mean, here's the thing why even my own head, I get kind of, my head gets, will explode trying to foster mm -hmm. this. I, I have this idea that, okay, all our consciousness, so of all our consciousness, how can parts of consciousness be theoretically speaking, be present when a point of attraction is present or a point of attraction is not present, is it all not one consciousness? What What is the difference between a point of attraction being present and not being present? And how would that have any impact on that point of attraction's evolution? And would that point of attraction's evolution be, uh, I don't know, affect the collective unconscious? based on whether or not it decided to be in a present moment or decided to cast its energy and attention elsewhere? It, it's very much going to affect both ways simultaneously. So the good thing about the state of the human connection is for now, because of the state of things, is it's a state of disconnection. And that's achieved because of the electrical system of the human body, which is the primary foundational knowledge of everything that I teach is that we're born into this reality. Before that, we're free-flowing consciousness expressing itself as spirit. In spirit, we're able to uh, fuse our self with any existing structure. So you can become a rock or a tree simply by putting your being within it. You can also form your energetic essence into any uh, shape or form that you have incarnational memory of embodying as. So our true nature is to be free-flowing and completely uh, able to be one with all life. So in, in spirit, the boundaries between self and others, the boundaries between self and uh, the world, say, that you're traveling through, is completely arbitrary. So with but a, a change of your mental perception of, of your boundaries, you can either be one with the whole creation or contract into a state of separation. But here in the physical, we took that consciousness and fused it with the electrical system of the human body, which is, well, it's electrical energy. So it's more sharp and sudden. It's more dense and intense than the subtle spiritual energy that we came from. So right away, when we overlapped our consciousness with the electrical system of the body, we became so hypnotized and trained because of the strength of the signal that we forgot entirely about the spiritual state that we came from. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in this new vehicle of expression, the human body locked inside the electrical system, being forced to interpret what we experience as, as the world through this electrical sensations of the five senses. So it's a state of uh, complete isolation and disconnection, uh, both from spirit, the world that you're in, the people that are around you. Now, that being said, we still simultaneously are driving 
the physical vehicle or that is what's driving the physical body. So there is an unconscious impact that every individual has on what I call Earth's spirit planes, which has light and darkness. Uh, some people call it the astral planes or whatever. It's like the, the auric field of humanity expressed as a world. Or an analogy I like to use is a candle flame. When you light a candle, there's the flame of the actual candle, but then around that flame is a visible aura that we can see with our eyes. So the spirit is to the body and the physical world as that aura is to the candle flame. So our actions that we take within the primary, which would be the physical body, the candle flame, are unconsciously affecting that lighter energy or that auric field. So we are, even in the state of disconnection, making somewhat of an imprint on each other, but not nearly as significant as it would be if we were in our natural spiritual state which is what my techniques in my school is all about, is getting people back into that natural state of connection. Right, let's talk about some of the techniques. What are some of the things that a person can do right away? Let's do right now. A couple things they can take away to get in the moment and also put them in the flow. I, mean, I would love to sit down, say a few prayers, you can get in contact and feel, the, uh, feel some of that, um, you know, the visions. I think it's pretty cool. The only way I've had visions is if I've, if I've taken mushrooms which is about the worst thing i could have ever done i don't like mushrooms i don't want to do everything i mean look the colors were great i'll tell you what it, 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 I, I thought it was kind of interesting when he would watch tv and the people would come out of the tv but i was like I know, is there any way to go in between can i can i have some of the visions without you know oh, sitting underneath it, sitting on the couch for a couple hours shivering uh, you know can we, can we you, you have can it? learn to go Deeper than that, actually. But see, the problem with using a, a chemical compound, uh, whether it's through an herb or, or a man-made chemical to induce these states of consciousness, is that it's not uh, a natural harmonic energy to the body. So yes, mushrooms will open those doors, but it's not uh, your consciousness is not comfortable enough within that because to the human body, mushrooms are like a poison. Uh, same thing with, with LSD. Your body is instantly trying to flush it out because it's not native to the body. We do have DMT or dimethyltryptamine in the pineal gland in the center of the brain. And when you activate that, it's the most powerful hallucinogenic compound there is. But you're activating it with consciousness for one. For two, it's native to the human body. So even though it's supremely intense, it's harmonic. Like it doesn't... Uh, it's not jagged. It does, it's not rough on your consciousness. So because of that, you can enter into a much uh, more harmonic state of communication with the divine, with more intelligent and positive forces, because you're not, your body's not simultaneously trying to fight something that it would consider to be a poison. Well, how do you do that? I mean, you know, the way I've, I've gotten the DMT is by doing ayahuasca. That's, mm -hmm. I don't know if That's I can do that. I don't know if I'm going to do that again. I loved it, but... It, That's I, a way to experience it. <laughs> but yeah, you want to get to where you can trigger it within your own self. And How do you do it that? It happens naturally during spontaneous states. You have to become aware of your electromagnetic body. you got to become aware of the force, the part of you that I described that fused itself to the nerve fiber system. So even though I still somewhat use my body's electricity and the flexation of the muscles to move it, I'm simultaneously using telekinetic force through the body's water and through the magnetic 
structure of the energy. So I'm, I'm doing both. So what I teach my students to do is first become aware of the electromagnetic spiritual body that actually generates the polarity to cause the electricity to move through the nerves in the first place. So the human consciousness is so situated in the electric that it's unaware of the subtle spiritual energy that's actually generating that very uh, aligned and dexterous uh, polarity changes to cause very specific electrical firings and very coordinated movements of, of the muscle. Well, you become aware inside and outside of the spiritual force and your mind uh, can begin to intelligently wield it to, to where you can uh, condense it in certain areas of the body and control your hormonal system. So the big impact this has on your life is it gives you control over your mood, your emotions, your, uh, your glands, like the, the major glands of the endocrine system. Like you, uh, men have testicles, women have ovaries, we both have adrenal glands. Uh, then you've got the thymus, which is the heart chakra. That's behind the breastplate. The adrenals are by the solar plexus, uh, the sexual organs at the root. Then we got the thyroid in the throat and the pineal and the pituitary in, in the mind. Now, when you can condense your electromagnetic presence properly and cause uh, a condensation of presence, you can decide which of these glands you want to be secreting hormone or or color and vibration from within your spirit it's the same thing uh, as we release hormones from these glands that cause us to feel human feelings and emotions there's a spiritual equivalent to that or a vibration and that's how the legend of chakras was pretty much born it's like the aura to the candle I mean, it looks like we have chakras <laughs> but that's our spiritual energy going through the major glands of the human hormonal system well, let's just if we were to let's say Start getting some of that DMT in our system. We're going to go naturally. Do you mm -hmm. recommend what, listening to a couple chakra healing beats? Do you do a thing, a metronome? Do you meditate? Because I say, when it comes to meditation, I, I don't have the patience for that. I, I try. You know, sit there and you know breathe and not mm -hmm. think about stuff. I don't know. It's, it's difficult. I don't right. I, I have no patience. Well, my, my course is, is twofold. The material that I teach is does have a, some meditation in it but not much. Most of my exercises are focused. So it'll be you doing something like the opposite of letting go or meditating. You'll learn to focus your presence or master your ability to be in the present moment. And that is not through the observance of intellectual data. Like you don't step into a room and go, okay, flower pots over there, doorknobs over there. It's made out of brass. There's a fire going. It's a gas fire. I mean, that's all intellectual data. I'm talking about sensory information. What do you feel in this moment? And in terms of feelings, that encompasses vibrations, sensations, and emotions. So by doing that, you're able to bring your mind out of the thought process. So we think in words and images. And every time we do that, our consciousness uh, displaces itself and goes out of itself into past and future because all word and visual based thought is based on space and time. So anytime you're engaged in that, you are less here and less now. When the mind is, is not thinking but focused on, on what it's feeling, you begin to condense enough presence to where spiritual energy condensates within you in such quantities that it becomes very palpable and tangible. 
And that happens very fast in, in a student's growth, like within the first week or two of doing these practices. So right away, you get a very tangible uh, experience that shocks you to your core. And now you just want to do it because it feels so amazing, because it's so immediate and, and profound. Uh, meditation, I, I agree, it's hard. It's hard to just let go and, and spend the 10 to 20 minutes that it takes to start to get into that state. But uh, that, it's a handy skill to have because it works on the fine channels within the mind, you know, it teaches you to be soft and such. But uh, So what you can do to activate this is, is gain enough presence within your body, bring, in, bring enough of you in the here and the now to where you can actually observe more sensory data than what's happening within the nervous system of the body, which is a lot. So it takes a lot of presence for a person to observe enough of what's innately happening within the electrical system to, you got to have room left over to feel more. So by doing these practices, you bring enough presence in to encompass what's happening within the electrical system and then some, and that's the magical moment where you leapfrog past the nervous system into the electromagnetic field of the heart. And from that portal into all of multidimensionality. And it's such a profound experience that you're not even worried about it being a pain in the ass to meditate because what do you mean? It's just incredible. It's amazing when, you, when you're having the right experiences. Tell you what, Michael, I love the way you answer questions. Because some people usually, they, they pause. And they're just like, oh, you're like, go right into it. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I don't so, think. I'm a heart-based consciousness. So no, I, I feel. I, if you feel it out, yeah, it's great. I appreciate it. No, I love the, love the flow. I dedicate all of my intellectual faculties to observing as much sensory data, so that's emotional and vibration and sensation through the five senses as I can, and then I spontaneously say or do whatever it is that I feel compelled in each and every moment, and that's how I live. That's, that's really wonderful. Are there any particular chakras that you think generally keep people trapped in states of fear are there are there are there, are there a couple of common chakras where it's like well like most of the people if they got the, if they tweak out the heart. This, okay. <laughs> pretty much but pretty much it, it, it's like this once you become aware of your electromagnetic presence you start to see that we're always in the heart or or what i call the core but that that fluctuates or shifts in position based on where we're holding ourselves but all of human thought is inspired from one of the four major energy centers below the throat. So it's either inspired from the root, from the emotional, from the sense of self-identity and the solar plexus and the adrenals, or, or from the highest expression of core or heart, which would be the heart chakra. So it, it's all the same thing, but you'll feel that, that your, the human consciousness holds a primary spherical presence from some between the root and the heart now if you think about oh and from there it, it channels an immediate channel to the third eye and to the throat in other words endless thoughts are had in the vibration spectrum of words and, and images so your average person is either thinking about sex emotion or their sense of self-identity so people uh, until they wake up are vibrating somewhere between the solar plexus and the root 
and having endless uh, mental chatter going on about it. As far as the chakras go, you said all of them are affected by it, but uh-huh. is it, if you took care of one, like say for example, you, you took care of one, could one kind of knock out three or four? Like I'm wondering, if you, uh-huh. if you worked on your heart chakra and you listened to a metronome or a balancing on your heart, would that kind of affect the others? Or if you focus on the crown chakra, would that affect the others? I've done things where I love going for walks and listening to the to right. the beats and kind of just trying to be in the moment. I don't know what it's really doing. I mean, what my wife says that usually after go for these walks, I'm less annoying, and that that's very positive. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm tranquil. So I don't know. Is there any particular uh, chakras you think that carry more weight than others? Most, that, you know, definitely. There, there's one very specific thing that plagues all of humanity, and that's the solar plexus and the adrenal. And it's mostly because of misaligned posture. So in our uh, modern lifestyle, we are hunched over. We're hunched over our keyboards, hunched over our cell phones, hunched over our steering wheels. We have very little time to stretch and, and exercise the body. So I find that almost everybody unanimously has a blockage of the upward flow right at the solar plexus level. So because of that, just because of this misaligned posture, they're going to have a continuous firing of the adrenal glands, which is good, by the way, but that energy is supposed to raise up to the heart. What ends up happening is the adrenal energy gets triggered, but it drips down into the stomach. It goes the wrong direction. So adrenal energy going down to the stomach creates all of those feelings that none of us like. Fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, stress, it's all the same crap. If you solve the problem energetically, straighten that posture and and do a series of breath techniques where you raise that energy and and unglue it at the solar plexus level, all that adrenal energy goes up and fuels the heart. And what used to be stress, worry, fear, doubt, and anxiety becomes vigor, health, vitality, just straight boom. Like nothing can get in your way. Nothing gets you afraid. I am so centered of behind the breastplate that I can't even have my adrenal energy triggered unless I want it to. So fear is wow. completely an option once you've uh, yeah, once you've cleared these channels and you understand and you're one with your magnetic presence, then you just resituate yourself within right behind the breastplate. Now that's the thymus gland and that creates the white blood vessels. So if you think only in terms of, of, of human health your white blood cells take care of everything bad in the body. So being centered there has massive um, multidimensional impact on your being. Beyond the health and the vitality and the lack of fear and all these other things is you finally build the bridge between your lower, powerful, emotionally driven source self and the higher faculties of intelligence. So you begin to open the throat and the third eye for true, like for real. There's a lot of beings that do jump from the solar plexus right to the third eye and trigger that energy center, but it's not the same thing. Um, The human heart is uh, such a powerful force. It's like 10,000 times electrically and 1,000 times magnetically, or maybe I got that backwards, than the human heart, or the human brain, but it's, it's very, so significant that once you get that whole lower column uh, lined up with the heart and open, that when you open the third eye from the heart, it's not even the same experience. And that's where you start to encounter 
the real and true divine intelligence. Michael, before our interview, last week we were talking about how you do some of the healings. And I have to say, I thought it was really fascinating. Can you please describe visually how you do it? And also, maybe even before that, can you please describe what happens when you are focusing your energy on someone? Do you just want to talk to someone and you pick up on stuff and you're like, okay, well, this is what they got going on? Sure. Yeah, so if somebody is in my physical presence, then I just kinetically use spatial energy. So I just use my spiritual presence and the ability to be inside and outside of my body at the same time. And I telepathically and telekinetically project myself in their direction until I'm within their being, my being at the same time. From there, I rearrange their uh, molecular structure, like, like the intelligence, the encoding in the cells, uh, sometimes instantaneously and sometimes enough to cause a change over a brief period of time. So I, I'm using directional, just straight, regular control, kinetic control of my energy. Obviously, I can't do that from a distance because I can't extend myself a thousand miles, not in that way. So what I do to connect with people from a distance is I project my consciousness out of the electrical system entirely. I found there's a still and quiet spot in, in the very center of the high heart chakra behind the breastplate where it's free of, of the electrically enforced uh, matrix you could call it but the five sensory data that we are pretty much forced to interpret vibrations with while we're in the electrical system of the body because that data says that we're separated by all this time and space so if you can either project out of your body or deep within the still quiet space in the heart you free your consciousness from that electrically reinforced data and you rediscover the truth the absolute truth and that is that we haven't left the source. We're in the source right now. We haven't left the center of the universe. You are the center of the universe. It's within your being. Like the very idea of a center is created by the idea of a self, which is what you hold. Self in observation makes the idea of a center point. So your center point seems to be different than mine because it's your idea of a center point. But that's it. That's the only thing that makes it different. We're both actually standing, metaphysically, spiritually speaking, at the highest level, we are standing in the same space. But your consciousness through the electrical system is observing slightly different vibrational data than me that your consciousness is decoding to you. And which state are you at in, in the U.S.? Uh, I'm in North Carolina right now. North Carolina. Yes, okay. but so I, have New, I have New York in my bloodstream. Season. New York, okay. Yeah, I would say, like, yeah. I'm, well, I'm North Carolina, but I'm New York. That's right. Are and you? it's just a, a different, slightly different frequency that says I'm in Sedona, Arizona, um, in this house here, this address. Like, all I have to do is, is situate my intelligence within the still quiet space of the heart or go above my chakra column, and I can feel that inherent truth, that, that greater truth that we are, we never left the source. We're just examining vibrational data in a very fixed preset range to the exclusion of all other things. So because I'm still simultaneously in my electrical system, I can bridge that back to this reality. So I make the connection 
uh, to where I perceive like I'm standing in the same space as the person that I'm working on. And what ends up happening is I feel their energy within my energy and within my body as though it's a part of myself. Like the, it feels very much like they become a spirit within my vessel or within my physical and they feel the opposite of that. I feel to them or, or, or they're experiencing me as a strong energetic spirit standing within their presence. So from there, I'm able to uh, line up uh, how my energy, I know my energy and my signature. So even though our energy is combined, I can distinctly tell the difference between mine and theirs. So I just look for things that are out of alignment. So whether I'm doing this energy session to activate their consciousness to a higher level or heal them of something, it all comes down to the same thing. Uh, dark energy that needs transmuted and blockages, and that's it. So I find out where that's at. I clear it, and health uh, happens. Health is the natural state, but we're just unaware of, of these primary forces that happen before physical reality in every moment. Once we are, then we'll pretty much solve the health crisis. But it has to do with understanding that everything starts spiritual or energetic. I want to learn telekinesis in the worst possible mm -hmm. way. Have you ever done that? Is it is it possible for people to become a master at that? Because I would love to do that and do all the wrong things with that gift. Not help humanity, but just you know, just have fun and amuse myself when I'm waiting for my phone yeah. to charge up. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> we're at varying stages of that. Um, where we're at as humans is, is we're able to, some of us, depending on how far we've opened up, but we can move etheric energy, which is lighter than physical air, in quantities enough to where we can move the air. And that, that's a very, that's the first stage of becoming telekinetic is being able to move the air, which is the lightest physically manifested density. And that's something my students typically get within the first two or three months. From there, you start working on bringing your consciousness deeper and into density, into actual water. Once you can get your consciousness in water vibration, you can start to do a little bit more than that. Like uh, you can you can bend fire somewhat, and you can cause movement on on light physical objects. Uh, like I do a straw inside of a sealed container. And spontaneously, in times of rare connection, we do have instances where we move bigger objects. So but I don't cool. know of anybody that I know can legitimately demonstrate that on demand at all. And I've you know, been, been around. I've been at this like 10 years. But at the, at the peak of development, that's what we're able to do. We can manipulate the weather and the air like nothing. That's no big deal to me. I can summon a gust of wind in front of anybody it's it's no big deal to me that's normal uh i can cause water to ripple with my energy that's wow normal. that's know. normal to you that's pretty i think that's pretty awesome i mean i i, I mean normal, i yeah. look at i'm going to say something that's probably going to lower the vibrational frequency of everything you've just said for the last five minutes but i have to say it i cannot resist <laughs> i'll bet that comes in very handy when you're in a jacuzzi and bubble stuff Michael, yeah, please <laughs> make the bubbles happen. No, I, I, I sorry, sorry, no. Well, I, I think it's awesome. The thing with, with all of these skills is what you feel. So the ability itself isn't really much of what I focus on. Like when I do energy, 
I'm hardly ever, hardly ever trying to move something. I'm trying to, to feel and to be one with all life. The telekinetic influence is just a side effect of having expanded consciousness. So let's say I could summon a 10-foot pillar of fire right now. That'd be pretty impressive, right? But that would get boring so quick. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, oh yeah, I'll tell you what would not get boring is feeling yourself as the air and that fire. That feeling would never get old. So that's what this is all about, is expanding your consciousness into a greater state of oneness with all life through elemental harmonic unity with this reality and all others. Uh, it's, we live to feel. That's what we live for. Currently in life, we chase achievement and through linear progression in order to have these permission slips to feel certain things like that job promotion or the new amount of wealth intake or, you know, you name it. We get these permissions to feel good. Well, with consciousness expansion and energy mastery, anytime I want to feel extra good, I just expand into the air while the sun is shining, become the air, become the sunlight shining through the air. Simultaneously, my physical body and how it feels having that energy within my being. That is, it never gets old. And, uh, and you're always growing in the amount of spiritual data that you're able to have a sensory connection to. So all of the powers and abilities, they, they just sort of happen when you're not focused on them. Um, they're cool. And, I, and I, I love that I can do it because I can prove to anybody that spirit is real. It, it's not possible to stand in front of me and deny it because at my level of connection, I can cause physical level change to where it's, it's, it's sensible with the physical senses. I can change temperature. I can change the buoyancy of a person's gravity. Um, you know, it's, it's physical levels. So I don't need somebody to be spiritually in tune to experience it with me. So we're, we're in, in that day and age. I'm not the only one at that level, by the way. So, uh, we're in that age where we're going to bring this forward and every human walking the earth is going to know of a surety that they are a free-flowing spirit temporarily within a human body and that they're part of a divine plan. That's what is needed to change this world and changing this world is needed for its survival. So that's where we're at. Okay. And I want to... Because you, let's say for example, maybe your your base consciousness, or is that inhuman, or maybe some a lot of people, their known form, their known physical form is human, so they're accustomed to being human. If they try to expand their consciousness and they they take on or feel themselves in different animalistic forms or other forms right. they're not accustomed to, could that be traumatic? I mean, are certain being soul beings that take on the physical forms of certain animals accustomed to taking on certain variances of the pleasures or even the pains associated with it. Like I imagine that a human being only has a threshold of a little bit of pain, yet certain animals may have a higher threshold of pain. So if we decide to expand our consciousness and try to take on different physical forms, could that experience be utterly traumatic and even devastating to your development? Absolutely, and it could be the opposite of that. I've done a lot of animal forms when I project out of my body. Like I've done owl, leopard, fox, eagle, hawk. I mean, I could go on and on. Hummingbird, um, beautiful different butterfly. You learn something different from 
everything. Once you can expand your consciousness beyond the confines of the human body, you start to really learn from this world the true lessons that it has to teach, not the intellectual blah, 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 science and math. Uh, scientific data, you can learn about a flower. You can learn a lot more by being the flower, being within its form, within its essence. The flower will teach you something about energy, about life itself. So will the air. So will the water. The sun will teach you a huge lesson about how to be warm, about how to radiate with such divinity and such magnificence. The moon will teach you how to use or wield a spiritual light that cools things down instead of heats things up. Um, everything in this creation has something to teach us in both directions because this is a polarized experience. So yes, you could be traumatized from certain experiences, but with, with the right focus and the right application of this understanding, there's no reason you would be anything but elated. And elevated, you know. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on our show today. I had some really interesting perspectives and insights. A little more about Michael yeah, by going to his website. Yep, going to bioluminology.com. And Michael, can you please tell a little bit more about your coursework and where people, how people can get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah, bioluminology is my new work. Uh, it's basically a, a word that hasn't been formally constructed yet. Bio meaning living. Lumen is L-U-I, or L-U-M-I-N. Lumen is light. Ology is the study of something, so it's the study of living life, bioluminology. And that's bioluminology.com. So what that is 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 an expounding on my work that I did in Avatar Energy Mastery, which is avatarenergymaster.com. Both of of these courses are available, but bioluminology is a work done progressively seven years later and with the aid of a, a skilled animator that mastered my material. So we've got really good animations behind the awakening course, which is where you learn to permanently fuse your consciousness off of the nerve fiber system and into the divinity of the soul. And from there out through the field of the heart and into the water and the air and, and the divine elements of this world. But, uh, so it's it's the same lesson material per se, but bioluminology has all the years uh, that I've been teaching it. I learned a better presentation of it, better exercises that lead to the same understanding. And like I said, I've got the animations. So both of these courses take place in a social networking forum, but bioluminology is more updated, more like Facebook. It's more user-friendly and intuitive, where the other one is like an old-fashioned uh, bulletin board style. So... Yeah, definitely go to bioluminology.com in in order to get the best of it. I'm actually going to be starting to teach live there. Uh, The advanced study group that goes beyond the awakening course, I've decided, is going to be taught by live webinar, which is highly beneficial because I can blend my energy with everybody that's learning these lessons, which can spontaneously uh, either activate the understanding of the lesson within the person or another profound or or key level of connection. It's just, it's normal for me that when I interact with a group of people that are focusing, concentrating, or meditating, that that we have a type of uh, bleed through that happens where people end up getting healed and activated. So definitely check me out there. But if anybody is interested in my old work, Avatar Energy Mastery, uh, you can just send me an email and we can work out something 
special to make that available to you. But I'm only taking uh, memberships, new memberships at BioLuminology.com. And like I said, it's video lessons for the Awakening course that are coupled with really nice animations that really help the concepts seem to come both audibly and visually. And from there, I lead live groups uh, through advanced studies where we go into the more profound stuff once you have a full sensory connection to your multidimensional soul. So, Michael, thank you so much. And uh, thank you, Eddie Cruz, for introducing us to, to Michael. Thank you, Michael. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Eddie. It's been an honor to be here. We had good flow today. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our featured guest, Mr. Michael Monk. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Caza, and Ms. Constance Dellis. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Make it a Corona. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for listening to our show. Make it a Corona. <laughs> peace, love, and beer. I'm out of my mind. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.